in which we review all the best albums of the 80s, one month at a time. We will break them down, give you the skinny, and duke it out over whether or not you should dig these out again. So, if you're ready for an 80s music deep dive from Aha to Wham, Bowie to XTC, Madonna, Hair Metal, New Wave, and all points in between, then crank the boombox, turn your Walkman up to 10, and let's go! Coming to you live from the new studio. <laughs> from the new studio. I didn't write anything new, up. From our new podcast studio in Charlotte, North Carolina. Otherwise known as the heart of rock and roll. <laughs> that was fast. Somebody's warmed up for this episode. <laughs> I'll be doing this all night. You know, Hello, Megan. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I'm not in the new studio. Detroit. But I'm, I'm excited to hear about the new studio and the podcast hotspot of Charlotte. Just so you know, there is a chair here for you. So yeah. anytime you want to come down and join us in the studio. That would be awesome. So normally we do five albums. If this is your first time listening to us, which is, you know, it's likely sometimes, um, we normally do five albums in a sitting and we select or, or we're doing this. I'm, I'm explaining this terrible, terribly. So we'd cover the eighties one month at a time. You do it better than we oh, I'm all over the fucking map. No, you're not. You're doing fine. We are up to, I believe October of 1983. And yes. in, in between throughout the year, we intersperse a little super album episodes, albums that made such a big difference to the eighties that they needed their own episode. And this is one of those episodes. And the album is Huey Lewis's Sports. I should say Huey Lewis and the News. That's right. Sports. I don't want to shortchange the news on this one. No. Mm. And um, it came out in September of 1983, September 15th of 1983. So it's the proper time to cover it. And um, so before we get to an hour of talking about sports, we haven't lost a lot of folks, which I'm sure we haven't. I'm, I'm no, we're so amazing. Yeah, we should talk about this, this long. I, we, all, we, we normally do an intro where we talk about some other stuff than just the albums. And I wanted to bring up Henry, a band that I heard recently that just put an album out. The band is called Junatime. And the reason I'm bringing it up here is I've never heard a band, a current band, that sounds more perfectly like the 80s than this Junatime album that I just heard. And it just dropped this year. The band is unabashedly nostalgic fans of the 80s. I'm sure they're big Stranger Things uh, fans. They probably are. But I thought, man, what better... I, I wonder if our if our podcast listeners would be like, I, I don't listen to new music anymore. I just listen to 80s music or whatever. Here is a new band that you can listen to and and you should be right at home with. So... I thought I'd play a little bit of one of the songs off the album just to put it in here for the for the folks at home. We have not, they've not paid us any money. Or There's no payola that. going on I did, here. Henry, I did email them this week to see if they might. How did you discover them? How did I discover them? Um, I saw them on, just on Apple Music, I saw the album cover, and mm-hmm. it looked to me like, that's something I got to hear because it looks kitschy as hell. And then I listened to the first song and I thought it was a joke. Like this can't be that eighties, but not, I I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound bad. I love it. I think it's great. I think every one of these songs is, is awesome. And so I really love it, but 
I did contact them this week by email. I've not heard back yet, but I would love for them to come on our show and do an interview, which I think would be a riot. Um, I mean, this is right in our wheelhouse. This is right in our wheelhouse. And they've got squ- yeah. squarely like of our people. Yes. So if you guys do listen to this and you like it and you start streaming it or whatever, please uh, Instagram or do whatever it is. I don't know how to do Tweet them. Tweet them and tell them that you heard them on our show because we would love to get um, some of our fans into some new music. And but be- anyway. Yeah, beg them to come to back to us because we want to do an interview. We want yes. to talk to them, basically. Yes. So here is about a minute. That'd be it would cool. be really cool. Here is about a minute of a, the song Thousand Hummingbird off their album, Remember the Magic. Where they came up with the idea of doing this? Well, the record's called "Remember the Magic." Obviously, it's supposed to be evocative of it, but it's like every element of those songs. It's like something identifiable of that period of that sound. Yeah, the right? bass. The bass sound is dead on some of that. And it doesn't I mean, pretend. It's so unpretentious. What is unpretendingly, authentically, like it's not attempt. It's, it's such an authentic attempt. Their look is very on point too. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. Everything about them is like unabashedly eighties. Even her vocal delivery is yeah. of that era. And when you say the eighties, and then you're like, "Oh, somebody's going to try yeah. to say this." When you're going for Tina Marie, you are fucking eighties, <laughs> man. So I'm, I'm loving the it. guitar player has listened to Prince. 
You've got Prince, no you've got Missing Persons, you've got Tina mm-hmm. Marie, you got all kinds of, you got Miami Sound Machine going in there, you got all kinds of stuff. Song coming. number 13 on that record is like an instrumental. That yes. Is like Purple Rain-ish. Anyway, I, yeah. we, we go check them out and yeah. let us know if you like it, because I, I want to know if there's new stuff out there that we can turn you guys onto that you do like, or if you're just like, shut up, talk about sports, which is fine too. You can say that. You're a listener. You get to say whatever the fuck you want. They are described as 80s-inspired, soulful synth pop, which is pretty awesome. So There you, there go. you go. And it is. It is really awesome. It's, great. it's a great album. Um, okay, so that's all I had in the intro of uh, this episode. Henry, do you have anything else that we need to get to before sports? Uh, no, I don't, actually. We're going to talk about some of that stuff uh, at the end. Here. Stop trying to delay, Chris. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to go. He's I'm, trying to insert me in like with other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go. So the best way to start off sports would be, I think, to play play the one. The one. Play I Want a New Drug. Is that, That's like the song. That's the one. All right, play it. Um, okay, so that was uh, I Want a New Drug by Huey Lewis and the News. The Maybe the worst song of the 80s, in my opinion. Is it the worst? It's well, so catchy. You know what's even, you know what's better about that? What? It may not be the worst, but it's if it isn't the worst, Heart of Rock and Roll is. Heart of Rock and Roll is so transparently market, marketing that I remember when I heard it as a kid. And you know how he goes through the the whole list of uh, cities, right? He goes Detroit, and then it, and then there's this break at the end, and it's, he's doing the whole list of cities, and it's they made this spot in the song where he adds the cities, and in North Carolina it was Charlotte, Raleigh too. <laughs> This sounds, Megan, does that sound suspiciously like 
He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Does it sound like Henry might have gone to see Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> I've had to rehearse it in my head. So Huey Lewis, the whole record basically is just kind of, I can't decide if the guy is like the smartest guy in the world or, or not, (laughs) you know, Megan, tell us what you think about it. So I think that he's kind of like the main character, the cool guy in like a John Hughes movie, like a pretty in pink, like he's James Spader, but not evil. Like He's just like, you know, everybody likes him. He was a white dude in the 80s, really could do no wrong. Like, I mean, he seems nice enough, but it just seems like he would probably do anything in terms of, like, I don't know how to describe it, but, like, commercial, I guess. Very all about, like, making the money. I could be off the mark there. So, I mean, I like this record, I do. I think it's very fun, but it's super... I get why we picked it as a canon record. I don't know if it is a canon record, Chris. Maybe I misspoke. There. How could it not? I saw your eyes. How could of... it not? It's like the most commercial. How many hits are on this fucking thing? I agree. I mean, it's Four very quintessential. It's my, it's my canon, and I say no. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, let's back up here a second. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack here in what in what she said. So let's start with, and I, I want to start with this. Huey Lewis has Meniere's disease. And Meniere's Meniere's, thank you. I, I don't know how to say. It. I don't either. He cannot hear those. now music, so they put their last album out two years ago called Weather because this one was called Sports and different sections of the newspaper. And they're the new that's going to be their last album. It's got seven songs on it because they couldn't record any more songs because he can't sing because he can't hear. So 
I also want to say I think the guy is one of the nicest dudes probably, probably on planet Earth. I think he started out, like I saw a video of him right after this with David Letterman. So they had him on David Letterman when 4 came out. You know, it was called 4. Like golf. Like golf. Like golf. golf. Mm. And there were three guys on the cover. So they interview him, and he has a lot of like weird tics, and you can, I think he was probably using them. That was, that was drugs. He doesn't have that now. Yeah. But he was, um, but he was obviously really. Was he foolish. known for using drugs? I don't know. I don't know. I don't no, think so. no. But but he was obviously was pretty full of himself at that point because they had all those hits and four was you know was getting the big record company push and he got all that attention. But you fast forward to now, and it's like he seems like the sweetest, nicest, most humble guy in the world. He is, and I, I think you know? like I don't want this whole episode to be sound like Chris hating on a guy that's uh, a musician that's deaf because. Uh, Lord knows I'm going through that right now too. I've got um, tinnitus and I'm losing my hearing, so I get it. I think the guy seems like a really nice dude and I don't want to pick on, I don't want to sound like I'm picking on somebody personally. Cause I think he seemed like a pretty nice dude. And I, I would submit that his whole appeal at that time was he's a really nice dude. Yeah. Uh, well, he's 30 something years old. Too. Well, and that's, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. But I, I think it, I also have this theory. I don't know. I, it might be too early to bring up in the episode, but I feel like one of these bands comes along every decade. And for this decade, it was Huey Lewis. The next decade, it's going to be Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh yeah, very Ooh. nice guys who celebrate. This is this is going to be the name for me of the episode: the celebration of bland. Well, yeah, it's uninspiring. There's nothing yeah. but blandness. It's like, does that cookie taste good? It tastes fine. Sure, I'll eat it. It's the cracker me, has no salt. It's like you, yeah, yeah. that very good. It's yeah. the cracker with no salt. It's not det- so. Sports is an album. Is not detestable. In fact, okay, you hear it you're all na- time. okay. Now wait, you're going too far because there are, there is some <laughs> detestableness to it because it's but as a whole, it's not. It's yes. just part of the wallpaper. Oh no, okay. So like, it's not. We've listened to shit records that are like oh like that God. Ramones album is shit. Okay, now wait, really hold bad. on a second. There, the problem though that you're getting into here is there is an insidious nature to sports. 
What's the album before sports? Uh, picture this. Picture this. That's an okay. That's that's the album you're just describing. This, even according to Huey's own words, which I found the quote, said, and I quote, sports looks like a bar band record, but it was an assembled and perfected and overdubbed and tweaked and overmixed attempt at producing eight hits. Have you listened? You can tell, I think. Yes, you can. Okay, so that is insidious, folks. That's like... Is it insidious oh, or is it genius? Help. You can call it either one, but you know? I say that In there's... the world we live in, that's insidious? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, and, that's, and that is a great point, Megan, because the, the world we lived in in the 80s was a much tamer world, but he was the epitome of what was coming. Reag- the Reaganomics 80s was taking over uh, the oh, world yeah. at that point. And this, I, I, told, I told my brother the other night we were covering this, and my brother said, for, uh, uh, sorry, sports was like the John, John the Baptist of shitty 80s music with Invisible Touch being the Jesus on its way. <laughs> I bet Ronald Reagan loved You write that down. I can totally see him being like, this is good new music. This yeah, yeah. is good pop music. Yeah, oh, these it's, new it's, bands, you know, these new <laughs> new wave bands uh, that I've heard of lately. Um, what was his wife, Ronnie? You know, you know, Nancy. It's, the, it, you guys have like hit on it. Like Reagan was probably a big fucking news fan. Oh, my yeah, God. News fan. Yeah, yes. For sure. Okay. He made, Huey Lewis made an entire career of dad rock. Dad rock, yes, yes. It's right. it's hip to be square. It was kind of dad rock before dad hey, rock was a thing. Hey, it hey, was. Hey, how, why does Huey Lewis not like round pizza? Because it's hip to be square. Person that wants to put that on their podcast is into dad rock. Well, <laughs> am I into dad? Rock? I don't know. This is like peak dad stuff. He could not it write is. something dirgy or depressing. You couldn't imagine Huey Lewis doing that. The closest you don't think he was into Joy Division. Nope. The closest he ever <laughs> got to this was that that cloying veteran song on here. Walking, walking the line, walking. What is that one, Chris? Walking on a thin line. Walking on a thin line. You know, it's so transparently like, hey, this one's for the vets out there. You know, <laughs> it is. It, yeah. There's no complexity at all because that would the baffle. The internet's gonna gonna kill me. Right? Yeah, that would baffle regular <laughs> Americans. So that's it's it's not designed for any kind of complexity at all. Sometimes in my bed at night I curse the dark and I pray 
was in a movie with Gwyneth Paltrow in the early 2000s that was about karaoke. I um did I never watched it, but I do like I remember that existing. He's really good acting. He's really good mm-hmm. in it and he kills the karaoke. Oh, like yeah, you're literally like, "Oh shit, this is what that guy should be doing." That's what he's That's oh, what he Oh. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh ladies and gentlemen, with your permission, I'd like to introduce my daughter, Liv. casino or something yes like yeah for sure it'd be perfect is it just me but i always thought that song by tim book three was like a huey lewis type song what song oh it's about sunglasses oh i know what you're talking it does kind of sound like a huey lewis in the news song now Um, that you mention it the future is so bright i have to wear shades Things are going great, and they're only getting better. 
every Huey Lewis song you can do the Carlton to. <laughs> you know? Dad Rock approves. Yeah. Have you noticed how his mug is on the cover of every album they ever done? Well, he was a good looking dude. That's what I'm saying. It's all marketing and all this. And, even and, though, why did he look 50 even then? Even when I, he, I, know, like, I, know, you know, I know, I know, I agree. People just looked older. It was weird. It is. I, I agree with you. I, w- I went back and watched um, some of those videos, and I was like, wow. I, and when I was a kid, I thought he looked old, but he still looks old. He still looks 50 to me. And so, like, yeah, when I say old, I don't mean like elderly. It's no, no, no. Weird. He just looks like an like, older guy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's but it's bullshit that kids. Well, first of all, I I thought okay, sports is written for children. No, but it's not. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. But it's why it, it's not Marty Marty McFly's favorite band was Huey Lewis. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> that ain't, I mean, I on. wouldn't be that surprised if a lot of high schoolers like this shit. Really? I think this it was so like kind of of the time too of like MTV because they did a lot of videos too. And I mean, I think they were pretty popular videos. Like they were pretty heavy rotations. So, I mean, he took advantage of that for sure. Like MTV being a thing. Yeah. And I found this, I found another article that says that did a long uh, thing about back to the future and said that what Zemeckis did, which was genius was he didn't put that as Marty's favorite song because he thought that would have been Marty's favorite song. He put it as Marty's favorite song because it's a, it's a, he knew it's a marker for what 1984 sounded like. Oh. And when people go back and watch the movie, when Marty goes back to 1955, the music is a marker for that time. And that now is a marker for 1985, the Huey Lewis songs. So he's like, not even that wasn't even that worried about whether Marty would have liked it. It's what the audience for years to come is gonna. And I was like, man, that's that's, that's some, crazy. That's some high that level they knew that, shit. Even that, yeah, like, yep. This is like so because it is very quintessential '80s. When I was mm-hmm. listening to this record, I mean, I will say it was a fairly easy listen because they kept it tight. It's only nine songs, like. Very calculated, I think, in that way. Mm-hmm. Like it was, you could tell when you said they were trying to just get hits. Mm-hmm. Right. It's very clear, I think, and they did get like four 
hits. I think that's what the note said. It got four top tens and five hits. Yeah. So, that's crazy. Yeah. And how to argue. They've produced it themselves, right? Produced by Huey Lewis in the news? Yes. So it's not like they had some record company guys. Well, I'm sure they did have some help. Company. Yeah. I'm not saying help, but I'm saying like they had some record company ideas. Yeah, but I mean. Like, for example, on I Want a New Drug, they were so worried about this song because of the drug title, right? That Nerds. The, <laughs> right. The 45s, the record company was so worried about it, they pressed the 45s finally with I Want a New Drug. Like love at the end, or she, right, like right, love, love or whatever, right? Because it's a <laughs> and it's so it's so funny because that that song's not even a drug song. Yeah, it's um, it's just like I want a drug that makes a, me feel it's like an I'm anti-drug with you. song masquerading as a drug. Song, yeah, um, <laughs> you know? also the kids like, will think it's cool. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, like sure. bad we, doesn't always mean bad, and we have oh to. Oh my anyway. god! <laughs> All right, tell me why that song sucks so hard. <laughs> It's Why? So <laughs> Went uptown to see my cousin. Bass guitar sound like a chainsaw bird. In the crowd, I see his mom and dad. I say, hey, hey, uncle. Man, your son is bad. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes bad. It's pretty cheesy, I think. I still listen to it. I listen to it but. too. But. <laughs> so I had forgotten Bad is Bad, right? Uh-huh. I'd forgotten about it until I was reading. I, I always go to Wikipedia first. Um, and they said, I can't, I, you guys might know this already. They said um, there was an artist who like insisted on always doing Bad is Bad and said it was such a great song and that. He always gave Huey credit for it, but he always wanted it. And I was like, oh, I, I forgot that one. I need to go listen to it. And then I was like, this, this, this thing's, it's just a doo-wop song. It's a bad doo-wop song. It's, did it did, did, doo-wop? Wop. It might be one of those things that just did not age well. Like, I feel like some stuff was, like, cool in the 80s. Like, it just was, like, popular, but it just, at least now, to our eyes, it's like, what the fuck? It hasn't, like, cycled back into being cool again. If it will ever be cool again, who knows? But again, very of the time. For sure. I think people, like, in the 80s, they loved the, like, doo-wop revival shit. That's yeah, not really a yeah. thing right now. Yeah, and there was some but. of that with the Stray Cats, too, I guess. Um, Lewis wrote Bad is Bad in the late 70s while working with Phil Linnott, Linnott the guy from Thin Lizzy, the singer from Thin Lizzy. Oh, yeah. Linnott liked the song so much that he would sing at some of his concerts at a faster pace, but always wanted to have the song for, their, for their, one of their albums. Another version of Bad is Bad appears on Dave Edmonds' album, Repeat When Necessary, featuring... Huey on harmonica. So a lot of people like that song. So I was like going back. I was like, okay, there was one good song on this album. And I, I missed it. And then I was like, oh God, I remember this one. Oh God. It's just, it's oh so God. on the nose and corny. 
On Google, ninety-five percent of people liked this album. Yeah, I know. I know we're gonna. That's I know we're going number. against. Yeah, the, we're in we're trouble. We're grain. in trouble. We put this out. They're gonna be like, they're gonna pave pave way right hey, through us. Henry, am I remembering? I like this album. Yeah, but you're I'm being honest about it. Yeah, you're saving <laughs> yourself. It's just Henry and I that are. I say cool is, is the a rule, but sometimes bad is just hey, bad. Man, cool is the rule. <laughs> It's cool to follow the rules. But sometimes bad is bad. Basically. That's where we're at on this episode. We're breaking down bad is bad for you folks. I can. had never heard it before, so it was totally unfamiliar to me. I mean, I listened. Like I said, I, I definitely not a highlight. Okay, so all right, a positive thing to say. It was recorded very well. Definitely. Money. <laughs> it was. You listen to it instead of it. No, I, I'm with you. I just like I love how you. It was recorded very well. <laughs> it was. It is a very complicated. Let me recorded. say this: I don't believe a word in the Bible, but the typeset on the King James version is immaculate. Let me compliment the Gutenberg Press. He's trying to be the positive teacher <laughs> that's like still trying to inspire the student. You know, I'm just it's saying, like, it's like not the, that bad. They produced the record themselves. And so you can't look at, you can't say, oh, the record company made us do it. I find the Mona Lisa to be trite. However, the canvas it was painted on is immaculate. (laughs) Nobody held a gun to their head. So maybe that makes it worse. I don't know. Uh, No. So, yeah. And I I guess uh, if you were, if you were Huey Lewis, why wouldn't you go for it? That was that's the question that keeps coming into my head because it's he, album three. He's not going to make he's not going to make a Radiohead record. Nope. But and so, but that wasn't what they wanted. They wanted a hit. No, that's what and, I'm saying though. If you are Huey Lewis, why not go for it? Like I think about all. See, that's the other thing. I think about all the regular people in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not going to get up in the morning and go, "I'm going to write Hamlet," but I can write on a post-it note a little crappy limerick. So why not go for it? Which one do people want to hear more? Right. Maybe I don't I can, want to hear Hamlet. Right. Nobody wants to hear Hamlet. Maybe I can make a greeting card. Fuck it. And I think Huey, people love that about Huey. He's like the common man, which goes back to my theory about like why Hootie was big. There's a lot of people that are just like, I just want to see a regular ass dude like me who probably's in a fraternity and can get up and fucking jam and yeah, I can man. drink some beer. Hey, you can jam, dude. Right. You're the best. Right. And Huey was have that. Have a drink with me, man. Yeah, and Huey was that guy <laughs> that you could maybe have a drink with after the show, right?
it's also checks to keep rolling in. Like that's what I think Huey Lewis was all about, which not hating on that at all, but I don't think he was in it for the art. No. And I do think that there was a bit of not just, not just money, but there was also a bit of everybody loosen up, man. Life is fun. Rock and roll is supposed to be fun. He said that. Don't even worry about it. As long as it's coming from the right place. man. Yeah, man. Not all rock music has to be political. Right, and, you know, which is true. The, yeah, I cast a, and I'm sure in his mind, I cast a wide net. Yeah, you know, I catch a, all different kinds. So of I'm, I'm also angry at this album because the band, the band, the news, um, is also the same outfit of musicians that played were the session musicians that played on "My Aim Is True" by Elvis Costello. So how do you feel? Debut album. How do you? Feel? Only you would know that. Uh, <laughs> Huey and the News went to England before they got became anything and they were part of that bar band scene with Dave Edmonds and Elvis Costello and Nick Lowe and those guys were kicking around and the record company Elvis did not have a band yet and the record company pulled the news they weren't called the news but pulled the news and said here's a backing band if you listen to my aim is true and listen to what they play on that and then listen to how they play on this fucking thing you realize that Huey is some sort of like Darth Vader of rock and roll because it sounds like so much blander and crappier. But, and I will also say this though Elvis Costello quickly ditched the news and was like, I got to find a band and put together the attractions. <laughs> Huey is the perfect 80s metaphor of what Elvis Costello would have been in America if he'd have been a Reaganite instead of yeah. growing up an anti Thatcherite. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah, just he's like, kind of the antithesis mm-hmm. of Huey Lewis, yes. really, in every way. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Chris here. Sorry for breaking in, but I have to correct the massive error I just made on the podcast, which is stating that the news were the backing band for Elvis Costello on his debut record, My Aim Is True. That is factually incorrect, and I'm sure most of our listeners have caught that and are like, Chris, you're an idiot and an asshole. Really, it's Henry's fault because he should have caught that on the episode and corrected me, and it would have made a much a better moment on the episode, but he did not, so I blame Henry. So to set the record straight, uh, the band that was the backing band on My Aim Is True was called Clover. That was Huey Lewis's first band prior to the news. The only members of Huey Lewis and the News that were in Clover were Sean Hopper, the keyboard player, and Huey. Huey did not play on My Aim Is True because he played harmonica, and they didn't use a harmonica on My Aim Is True, so he did not play on it. Sean Hopper did, so he was the only member of the news to play on that debut record, which I still say is way better than anything by Huey Lewis in the news, but I didn't want to lie about the news being on that record. So there you go. I corrected the error. It's Henry's fault. Back to the show. We also, I don't know if we, 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 we're all over the place, but we usually are in these one-album episodes. we got to talk about the American Psycho uh, reference of course. to Huey Lewis. <laughs> Which is actually more geared towards four, the next record, but we ought to bring it up mm-hmm. here. Um, so, Henry, you you've been talking to me mostly about this all week because it's in the novel. It's in the novel as well. So, I hate that book. I think it's awful. <laughs> if, if you hate that, oh, yeah. if you hate I don't that, like it at all. But that, I think that might be the point of the book. By the way. You, I know, yeah. I get it, okay. but I don't always want to be artistic and that way so it's a, it's a no for me i get i got rid of it immediately okay well, and have you seen the scene in the movie 
where oh, the Brad- movie I enjoy, even okay. though it's also terrible, but it's just a little <laughs> less terrible. But of course, that's like one of the most iconic scenes, I would say, probably in the movie. You like Huey Lewis in the news? Okay. Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. He's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. Hey, Abbott, Yes, Alan? Why are there copies of the style section on the plate? Do you, you have a dog? A little chow or something? <laughs> no, Helen. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. In 87, Huey released this for their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece is Hip to Be Square. A song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics. But they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of friends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul! I had I had a quote that said that Huey Lewis is an extra extraterrestrial or a psychopath's idea of what so-called regular people are supposed to be and like, and that's why he brought it up in the in the book and the movie because oh he's trying to assimilate with regular people and seem regular, even though he's about to kill every motherfucker in the room. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> And, oh, yes. and and the the fucked up thing about it was that Huey Lewis, when they ask him about it, agrees with the assessment of the band. Did you? And get, let's 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 and, and Megan, so, I want to get your opinion on this. Any, Henry and I talked about this earlier in the week. Oh, Any no. anybody that celebrates, like like if you if 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 you if you put on your album cover that you're standing around, you're the band that likes to play sports bars, mm-hmm. right? And you're standing basically in a sports bar. I've never yeah. heard a band that played in a sports bar that I was like, holy shit, they, they need to put they, an album out. They played at that place. No, I know. I, that, but that's what I'm saying. That it was like 2 a.m. They're something putting like it called. right on the cover here. We're a fucking sports bar band. Yeah. It's for the dummies. <laughs> yeah, the it telegraphs. It telegraphs your audience. We'll be at players it's on perfect. Tuesdays and Thursday it's nights. perfect. It's like, this is non-threatening. <laughs> Hey, are you gonna go? Do you have a tea time this weekend? Buy this album, but it's, it's, this is the shit but it's not like <laughs> it's not like they're mistaken that this is cool. Like it's not like Greg Ken standing there going, "I think it's cool." He knows it's they shitty. They went the and other he's way. Just like, they, Fuck dude, it, man. they went the other way. It was like Greg Ken and Jay Giles are like bar band dudes who are trying to do art, and everybody, yes, can, and yes, everybody you're hitting see, it on the head, and yes. everybody can see through it, and like, eh, yes, I'm not buying it. <laughs> Huey Lewis said, you know what? Now you're getting I am it. what I am. You're getting to the heart of the matter because the next album, then they, they just go for golfer guys. They're <laughs> yeah. just like, fuck, fuck it. it. Let's just do this. You'll find me at the sports bar. This is right. The 10 cup crowd this is, is our, our people. This is four. This is Fairweather Johnson. This is like, what you God know? damn. You've they hit it on the head. You're right. Mean. 
That's what it was. And it's even, I, it might, I, Henry, people, you're, you're getting me to a place where I might like this because it's even, <laughs> it's worse. It's worse for Jay Giles because he thinks it's cool and it's not. And this guy knows it's not and says, so fuck, it. <laughs> fuck it. Fuck it. I'm going to embrace it. That- Yep, Huey Lewis is so guys. I'm gonna cool throw. Guy. I'm gonna throw my jacket over my shoulder, smirking at the camera. Exactly. And With have the- bar band memorabilia and my band behind me. Fucking pool I dare table. You, I dare you to say something else. And by the way, <laughs> look at these songs because they they got chops. Yeah. Okay. And if you don't like it, there's two dollar draft pictures on Thursday night. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> If you don't like it. And by the way, they only wrote seven songs. One of them's a cover. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of them is a cover. The last song on the record is a cover. I think it's a Hank Williams cover, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Which, if you want to hear Hank Williams done, bland. Okay, so so I, don't, I I hesitate to do it, but I I'm I'm guessing I'm a thumbs down on sports, and I w- and I'm not putting it in the canon unless the, unless the, the two of you. you gave me no, I think it's undeniable. You can't. You simply cannot not have listened to this album in your life. Are you thumbs upping it or thumbs downing it? I don't really. It doesn't matter what I think. Well, for the episode, it does. You're a host of 80s Music Exposed, and you give albums thumbs yeah. ups or thumbs down. We care. What do you mean it doesn't matter what you think? Are you going to stop doing thumbs up and downs anymore <laughs> on albums? It doesn't matter. It doesn't I'm on here talking matter. about records for an hour, but it don't matter what I, I mean, think. The you know, fuck are you talking I'm, about? I'm pretty ambivalent, so it has to be a thumbs down, I guess. Megan, you're well, a thumbs I'm going to give it a thumbs she's up. She's an up person. She's going to give it a goddamn thumbs up with a smile. And I just yeah, it doesn't have put to it be on the like a can. cheerful, like screaming thumbs up. It's just a thumbs up. <laughs> it's just a thumbs up. Okay, this one is now in the canon, thanks to you two bozos. <laughs> but I don't. You you have to agree. It is very. You 80s, said it yourself, like Robert Zemeckis also. Megan thinks he, that way. He said it himself that Nick that this album was perfect for the Reagan eighties. It is. It is, and it, and it is sure. emblematic of the whole thing. And we, so, we haven't talked about, we, ha- we cannot do this episode without talking about Ghostbusters either. Oh, yeah. So you want to tell it? No, you, you, you're the story. So uh, not a very good one, apparently, today. Well, you're not good at rating records, apparently, anymore, but you, Clearly. Maybe you can tell a story. So Yeah, you gave it a thumbs down. So I want a new drug <laughs> was used at, in, in, like, in the production parts of Ghostbusters. Right. They weren't able to get the song. And I don't it does think, sound familiar, actually. The uh, Is it Robert Parker? Is that Ray, the guy who does? It's Ray Parker the, Jr. Ray Parker Jr. It kind of sounds like I want a new drug. That's right, intentional. But, That's intentional. Right, but we didn't figure out it was oh. intentional till later. Mm-hmm. There's always that similarity. And then they got sued, and then they realized, oh, I guess in Discovery, they found out that the producers handed off the song to To Ray Ray Parker Parker Jr. Jr. to knock off, basically. 
for the that's so shady yeah yeah it was, they told was, him to try to make it sound like this yeah and so he did and he did what they and told the him people to do. will come and see the movie because yes. they love Huey Lewis and the news right right <laughs> and there was a there was yeah. there was a um settlement in which Ray Parker uh, paid Huey an undisclosed sum of money, and they weren't supposed to talk about it. Right. But then Huey Lewis goes on behind the music in VH1, and they did it and told the world. And, you know, that whole story, I don't ever, I've never blamed Ray Parker Jr. Because the gig he was given was, we want a song that sounds Sounds just like this, and Huey wouldn't do it. So, man, what would Ghostbusters be without that song, though? I don't think it would have worked with Huey. I'm glad that Ray Parker did it. But the whole swing of the song is just like Huey Lewis. Oh, stop being such a ninny. Huey Lewis fans out there who are undoubtedly going to uh, write us fan mail after this. Thanks for all that. <laughs> and thanks to our Patreons who uh, support us, help us keep the lights on. Really appreciate that. Please support our advertisers that you're going to hear now. Uh, if you like the records we're choosing, please consider subscribing to the pod. Rate, review, rate and review and pass judgment on every episode. You ever heard a podcast say that? Yes, I have. Rate and, and know, review every one. And you know Give something us a five five star review. And you know something that they do, Henry, that we don't? They what? say it at the beginning of the goddamn episode. Oh, I didn't do that. You're Get a terrible marketer. We're different. <laughs> Everyone turns it off the minute they hear you say, uh, and if you like our podcast, if you blah, like, blah, blah. Oh, okay, it's over. It's already over. We're already done. Nobody's listening at this point. We're already past All right, that. Well, point. So I'm going to move that up in the thing. And uh, and ask people to review our podcast with five stars. I'm going to ask them. Ask them. Please review. And you can review on Spotify or like rate, excuse me, on Spotify at least. On, so on, yeah, on Spotify. I didn't know that for the longest time. That you could rate them on Spotify. You know, if you don't ask for the sale, you never get it. That's right. A, B, C. Always be closing. <laughs> that is such a Huey Lewis sports type thing. Like we're just uh, unabashedly begging people. He is to like. I'm changing the template. We're going to talk about it up front. God damn it! God damn it! Henry's inspired. It's be a new. It's a new era. <laughs> he wants a new drug. <laughs> when the don't when the gets on my clicks. Can you, uh, in all seriousness, well, Henry? Can you explain to our listening audience because this is uh, quickly because I know everyone's gone already. So you said something about advertisers. So now we're going to start having ads in the so, middle of sure, our podcast. Yeah, you know, our podcast provider uh, has ads that they will occasionally insert in our um, in our uh, podcast. We're asking our folks to please support those people. Awesome. That's wild. 
Moving up in the world. We, we are. are. We're becoming we're, Huey Lewis. All right. We have a website. I was now. just going to say, I think Huey Lewis would be proud. He would. He would be very happy about our commercial prospects. You can chat us up, ask us questions, even on Twitter. People are gone again. If this is it. You went right back to the Please script. let me know. People are hitting that little button that you can hit to make it go 15 seconds faster. I gotta know. You gotta hit us up on social media. Did you know, Henry, that we should tell people, too, that our next episode, we are going to cover November of 1983? Yes. Who are we covering, Chris? We're covering Billy Idol, Duran Duran, Yes, The Rhythmics, and The The. Really? We managed to squeeze The The in here. Wow. I am so much looking forward to that. Every time I started listening to sports, I would pull up our little list and be like, just make it to November. Is it the Yes album? Is it the one? Yes, it's nine zero one two five. That's the one. That I'm gonna I'm gonna do some homework on that one. <laughs> yep, get ready. That's gonna be a fun episode, right? That, yeah, yep. that will Especially be good. Especially after so, this. Yeah. So if you like, if you're like, I'm never <laughs> listening to this show again. Like this show sucks. Give give November of '83 a try. Yes. Tune us. Tune in next time. We'll listen to like five albums. Maybe one of them you'll like. We'll yeah. be trashing on your favorite mm-hmm. record this whole for an hour episode. Yeah, we've never done that. We've never our classic album episodes are usually all of us waxing poetic about how great it is. This one we just managed to. I had up. some positive things to say. You did, yes, you did. <laughs> Megan keeps bringing it up that I. Megan keeps going. I didn't hate this record. Yeah, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I I don't hate this record. Yeah. <laughs> so I have I have to make sure that that's known for Huey. For <laughs> Huey, what Huey would want. and the boys. <laughs> it wasn't me, Huey. You can uh, on the internet on the internet you can pull up our websites www.80smusicexposed.com you can find all of our episodes there there's a nice player you can set it up at your work let it roll all day long if you want to you can hit us up on social media we're on Twitter at 80s exposed you can email us at 80s music exposed at gmail.com you can leave us a voicemail there's a link in the description where you could leave us a message so send all your hateful voicemails to speakpipe <laughs> and i will play it i'll play them on the pod i will i will, I I'll bring them to the pod and play them he's not afraid so all of you, uh, all of you, get the the speak pipe and hit the hit the button. My Twitter <laughs> handle <laughs> is at Hank G. Chris. What is yours? Mine is at TCI Duke. And Megan, your Instagram. Ah, uh, yes, it's Bastards of Young ninety two. Yes, and that's how you can find us. www.80smusicexposed. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our show. Thanks to our Patreons, Chris, Megan. Guess what? What's that? I made you a mixtape.